my next guest is Zakia Delila Harris. She lives in Brooklyn and enjoys writing about her black culture, literature, and oldies music. We really got to get into that because she's under 30. Yes. Okay? She's under 30 now. Oldies music. You know, I don't know. Does her oldies go to the new edition or does her oldies <laughs> go beyond new editions? Because her oldies, yeah. right, is, is her oldie. My oldie might be different. She holds a master's in fine arts and creative writing from the new school. She has made a splash with her first novel, The Other Black Girl. It sets in New York's publishing world. The psychological uh, thriller incorporates social commentary and about diversity in the workplace and the challenges black women often have to navigate. The other black girl was bid on by 14, you hear me, 14 publishing offices before landing a seven-figure deal for her first novel. So you probably wonder why she's smiling. That's why she's smiling. The seven-figure <laughs> deal. She's not smiling because she's like from Sean McDonald. She's smiling because she had a seven-figure deal. And I know what that looks like. And it's also said to become a big hit television series on Hulu. That's another the reasons why she's smiling and uh written alongside uh Rashida Jones. If you don't know Rashida Jones, that's Quincy Jones' daughter, very talented actress. She's on the show to discuss building your dream. Please welcome the money making conversation, Zakia Zakia Delila Harris. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing great with that introduction you just gave me. <laughs> well, it was fun. You. You know, it was a little fun worked into there because of the fact that, you know, we should be happy. We should. You're, you're, the, you're that age. They call it millennial age, you know, and, you know, you, you, you jumped out there and you, you put you was working another job. And why did you leave your job to introduce yourself in the world of, of a novelist? Yeah, well, you know, I got to say I have loved writing since I was five or mm -hmm. maybe even before then, mm -hmm. whenever I first learned how to write. So mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. um, my dad is a writer as well. Okay. So very early on, I saw that as a possible career trajectory for me. Mm -hmm. um, and as I got older, I kept writing, um, kind of realized I'd have to do other things also because it's hard <laughs> to be a writer, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, hence publishing. But I also loved working with writers and mm -hmm. talking about structure and, and uh, writing on a micro level. So all of those things kind of led me here. But ultimately for me, you know, after a couple years of, of working in publishing, mm -hmm. I just knew I couldn't work on my own writing if I was putting myself into other authors. So I was like, you know what, let me just invest in this, see it through, um, leave this permanent well paid, well, not well paying, but paying pain, and health insurance. Okay. Yes. Especially <laughs> in New York and try to figure this out and it worked out. <laughs> well, let, 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 let's let's slow it down a little bit because you know, I, you're a novelist and you're saying that you were watching other people's work. Did that help you? Yeah. Did that allow you to see, you know, because uh, a lot of books get published, a lot of books get published, don't get sold. Okay, we know that yeah. for a fact. So, yeah. and being a person who's getting to see and being able to critique and being able to discuss work with other, other people in your position, what did you learn from that? Oh, absolutely. That was, that was huge for me. Um, being on, well, first of all, I should say before I went into publishing, I did my MFA in nonfiction writing. So I was very used to having people, um, critique my, my world and mm -hmm. my life. I was literally writing personal essays, mm -hmm. um, about my own insecurities and my own questioning of you know, who I was and where, where I'm from, I'm from Connecticut. Um, so all of those things, having eyes on my work in that way helped. And then being eyes on someone else's work helped right. when I was working at editorial, because yeah, you're so right. Like there are so many great stories out there that never get a publisher mm -hmm. for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And there are so many hurdles 
Um, and I was aware of all of those things, but I also thankfully knew how to navigate this world and knew all of the steps that go into it. And I know for me, that was really empowering to be able to be like, okay, here is the function that an agent is supposed to have. I want to find the right person who will represent me and be someone who is understanding what I'm trying to do and advocate for me in the way that I need to be advocated for. It also allows me to advocate for myself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I'm speaking with the author of the very popular book, The Other Black Girl. It's going to become a television series on Hulu. Zakia, Zakia, when you talk about um, writing, what makes a good writer, you know, what writer or what makes a good storyteller? Because uh, just a little background on me. I'm, I started out in Hollywood as a sitcom writer, series like Sister, Sister. I'm going to get oldies on you. you know, that's me, Sister, Sister, Jamie Foxx, <laughs> you know, Parenthood, the Parker. That was me. That was me. And so, mm-hmm. and that was a different style of writing. And I, and I, and I, I we are not in the same class, okay? You, because it's your storytelling that you're doing allows you to even talk about looking at the thread mm-hmm. In your clothing, as you talk about when you're at the beginning of the book, you know, and uh, looking over your shoulder. It comes, you go to the joke, you go to the moment, go to the joke, go to the moment. But in your world, because I have a lot of listeners who want to be writers or who want to get their stuff published, uh, material published, what makes a good story writer or storyteller and what is good writing? Mm-hmm. That's such a good question. Um, I think it, it depends on who the person is, but I know for me, uh, being just engaged in the world um, was really helpful. Um, I love people watching. I also love meeting new people. I've worked a lot of jobs that required me to talk to people, uh, very different backgrounds from me. Um, and just understanding people or trying to understand people, I think that goes such a long way when you're trying to write mm-hmm. a story. Um, I would also say reading. Uh, just <laughs> reading makes a good storyteller. Um, I was really into reading as a kid. And I will say, like, I kind of fell off in high school because I was required to read a lot of things that I didn't want to have to read. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did find other writers. And in college, I took, I majored in English literature. So I was also taking classes on a Russian literature class. I took a a class on on Black literature, a lot of which I'd never heard of, of authors Mm -hmm. that I'd never been introduced to in high school, like Nikki Giovanni and and, um, Bell Hooks. And so Mm -hmm. all of those kind of things, I think it comes with being introverted, um, but also being extroverted um, as much as possible. It's, It's hard now, I think, especially this is the world is where it is. Zakia, now, you use the word introverted. I'm, I'm looking at you now. When was introversion, I want to just make up a word. When was introversion in your life, okay? I'm seeing this video, beautiful smile. You, you, oh, you, thank you. you. Uh, I have to say the word magnetic personality, and I'm just seeing you on a screen, Zoom screen here. So when did introverted part of become, what, 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 five years old, six years old? It wasn't recent, okay? It was not recent, okay? Talk to me about that term that you just threw out in front of the, in the middle of this interview. You know, I, I'm pretty, I call myself an introverted extrovert. Where, <laughs> I was like, let me get the order right. Uh, because I am, I am someone who, um, I mean, this isn't necessarily an introvert, but I am someone who is in my head a lot. Right. Um, I, I and that, that helped me with this book because mm-hmm. Nella is in her head mm-hmm. all the time and it can be hard to be in her head. Sometimes you want to mm-hmm. get out and that's why I have the other characters right. partly mm-hmm. um, and why we see her in her, her world with Malika outside mm-hmm. of this oppressive environment. Um, mm-hmm. So so I'd say that's, that's where, and I can also be shy and I can also 
kind of sometimes takes me time or especially as a younger person, but this is something now that I am an author and I do have this platform uh, and fortunate enough to have the space to speak on certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know when I was in publishing starting out, I just went with the flow um, and felt like that was what I had to do because I was one of very few people there and I felt just lucky to be there. Well, you know, luck and talent. It's going to be real. You know, I'm talking to mm-hmm. Zakia, you know, the the other black girl. That's her book. New York Times bestselling, out, bestselling book, uh, named most anticipated book of 2021 by Time Magazine. The Washington Post heralded, Harper's Bazaar heralded, Entertainment Weekly, Bustle, BuzzFeed, Parade, Goodreads, Fortune, and BBC. They've, they've described your book as Get Out Meets the Devil's. Whereas Prada, this you know, that's their version of it. You know, I, I my version of the book was that I've worked in a corporate environment, uh, and uh, where I was uh, maybe the uh, one of the few blacks in the on, on the floor. Great working environment because it was a diversity. It was diversified, so I wasn't mm-hmm. like this character who was hoping and wishing that they would see somebody like them. Just somebody walk through the door that can be there so she can communicate and feel a sense of wholeness. And that that really is the, the core of the story. Now, when you start developing a story like this, Akia, what set it to your mind? Because like you said, you're in your head, and this story is kind of a, I want to use the word Stephen King type or Jordan Peele type. So... Because I want to go back a little bit, because when you, you reference, you reference Twilight Zone, you reference a lot of stuff my age. You know what I'm saying? You mentioned old music. You you mentioned Al Green in your book, and you got one of your characters' name is Hazel. I don't know no young person <laughs> named Hazel. I don't care who you are. I don't know no millennial named Hazel. Now, at my age, I went to a school with a girl named Hazel. So I know that's an old name. So let's talk about being in your head and the fun the funness of these characters, they're fully fleshed out and the process of coming together and laying out that this book became so anticipated and now it's playing out as a well-read novel and could eventually will be a television series on Hulu. The floor is yours, Miss Introvert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I first got to say, um, Hazel, the name comes from um, one of my, well, I'm just going to say it, my favorite aunt. Um, there you Hazel go. Wang. There you go. I told you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she was just such a wonderful, wonderful soul, wonderful human. Um, I always cut everybody baby. And <laughs> I just love the name. And so I was like, I want to write a character who's has this name. So that's actually where Hazel came from. Uh-huh. Um, I love that you brought that up. But yeah, I mean, so when I first started writing the story, I had just the simple idea of Nella and Hazel and something's messed up about Hazel. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just knew that they were going to have a hard time um, because of this environment uh, that is very white and made up of a lot of white people who are mm-hmm. constantly watching them mm-hmm. and assuming what their relationship's going to be like. And then that, on top of what Nella assumes the relationship is going to be like, because she has this whole idea of like, oh, we're both natural. We're both in this space. We must have had similar experiences. We must have a similar outlook mm-hmm. on being Black in this space. But we don't all think the same. Right. <laughs> we all have different opinions. Right. Uh, not everybody is out there to help everybody else. Right. And everyone has their own kind of boundaries and their own idea of code switching and their own idea of selling out, if I may say. Um, and what d- makes those things different, if there is anything. And so all of those are things with Nella and Hazel that I was thinking about. And then specifically in terms of Nella... Because for me, while I was working in book publishing, and just in general, I've often 
to people in my past who have also gone through these things. So right. I've talked to my dad who worked in a corporate environment in the 90s in New York. I've talked to um, other people in publishing who worked in publishing years before it is what it is now and mm-hmm. their experiences. So I felt like with Nella, there needed to be this beacon. And the way that Toni Morrison was for me working in book publishing, because she'd also worked in editorial mm-hmm. once upon a time, I knew Nella would have that beacon as well. And it came in the form of Prince Ray and Diana. Now let's talk about the book, you know, I've been fortunate with Steve Harvey, uh, three number one best-selling books. That word number one is really, and not just a word, it's, that's a powerful word. And uh, I remember the first book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, which eventually was sold more than three million copies and also mm-hmm. uh, was translated in 30 different languages, which I'm sure this book is being translated as we speak, if it hasn't already been done. Um, going in and seeing your book, okay, in a store or at the airport. Let's talk about that because I know I used to go in the store. I should look. Oh, that is Steve. There. Or we just joke around and oh, I take my book, or his book, and move it up and move it around. <laughs> you know, or go into a store. You know, and say, hey, what? Why is this book back there? You, you know, do you know have an <laughs> author named Steve Harvey? You know, he's a comedian. He has this little book called Act Like Lady. Think like a Talk about that because that's so much fun. You know, because you work real hard and your cover clearly has a. Is a statement covered the other black girl. Talk about that part of it and then allowing your family to experience going out there and seeing it on the shelves as well. Yeah, that part's been so cool. It's been so cool. I mean, because you imagine what it's going to be like and mm-hmm. you just can't possibly know. And to go into the store and see this cover that um, had, yeah, I mean, the the best possible story behind a cover because I know it is hard out there, especially for black authors to Mm -hmm. get that representation, um, in the cover itself. And so for me, when I was writing this book, I knew of course, going into it that as an author, you, you do have a say, but depending on your contract, you can only say so much. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, your team, the publisher has, a lot more say generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went in uh, to those cover conversations, I knew I wanted to have a black artist uh, design the cover. Mm-hmm. And my agent and I sat down and we created a list of black artists that we found on Instagram, online. And one particular author um, was Emmy Coker. And he is a Nigerian born uh, artist, I believe. And he created this gorgeous piece of artwork for um twitter's juneteenth last year right it's called my black is and so basically this image of the cover it's a little different but the thing i loved about it i mean royalty a profile view of her you see her she's looking regal um and you also have that earring which is an afro (laughs) pick with a black power fist which is the kind of pick that i actually got the first time i went natural a few years ago Mm -hmm. and it's also a pick that my dad happened to have growing up back when he had hair still Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it felt like hey hey, don't be laughing at your dad and me okay don't (laughs) laugh at us okay I had the pick. I, now. I had the pick. We just say we the same age. <laughs> Summer right now, my dad is like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fact that you know this artwork happened, and my designer, um, who de- Jimmy Acabelli, who is at Simon and Schuster, uh, took that design and made it into this cover. And the artist, of course, was so lovely about it too. Tommy Coker was like. 
absolutely, we need more Black women authors. I'm excited to be a part of it. And this is all connected to the pick. It just felt so right. And right. it's so exciting to me that young Black people will go into the store, go into to Walmart, into uh, that independent bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, whatever, and see this image and right. see just Blackness in this way in your face. I just love it. Well, you should love it. And, you, and it's a blessing to see that happen. And we know when I when I look at uh, genres like this that go into that horror, it was only several years ago when you saw a horror, um, a horror movie always in a black character. You always knew the black character is going to die first. You always said that was just yep. running joke. Yeah. The black character is going to die first. I don't know what that brother, I hope he got paid. He didn't act long. But the other <laughs> black girl, you know, it combines all these extraordinary genres. It's a dark comedy. It's horror. It's a thriller. It plays with your mind. It's science fiction and more. How were you able to mix all? All these the same, They'll blend them all together comfortably because one thing I want to just say this about you, Sakia, is that you are so descriptive in your writing. I mean, it's, it's very detailed, and it's which allows me to really visualize the moment of the scene that you're trying to create, which is a gift in itself. And I, I feel that's what really kind of got everybody excited because they could feel your experience. They could almost smell your experience and also could emotionally be engaged in your experience from the description of the hair or the, or the, or the big earrings where y'all are laughing together or sitting in the, in the count and the sun coming through. Uh, you, 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 even, you even wrote, balled up the, the, paper, the paper and threw it in the trash. You even, you even wrote that in your, in, your, in your language of your book. And it was like, wow, she is really, really on point here. Talk about weaving all those things together. And that's a strong compliment because like I said, that's something I can't do. And that's a gift and a blessing that you have. Oh, I, I really appreciate that so much. Um, that means a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, for me, blending everything, I'm not going to say it was easy because it took a lot of eyes on my work. It took, um, people that I met during my grad school days. It took my dad, it took <laughs> my agent, my editor, a lot of people. Um, but for me, it was easy in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's just in the sense of knowing that's what I wanted to do because I do feel like so much of the Black experience is often humor and fun and joy, but then also there's like a bitterness that right. we have to often navigate through. And there's a horrifying nature, especially just as Black people day to day who get up and see the news, see what's happening to us, and then have to go to work or create. And how do you manage all of those things? It's, it's horrifying. And so really getting that down and showing what was at stake for Nella's experiences, but also showing Nella having fun, <laughs> showing her living her full life outside of work. That was, that was a really crucial part of the writing process for me. And I guess that doesn't really answer your question. But <laughs> well, it answers my question in the sense that you are, you know, I, I one would say, all over the place, but with a sense of story, proper storytelling, because I had to be able to, you know, like I said, I, I could relate to her insecurities because this book is tied to insecurities. It's yeah. because she's pushed along and some of the flaws that pop out or some of the mistakes she get into are tied to taking bad suggestions or suggestions yeah. that she shouldn't that she should like lead with her first thought and then it just stumbles and it just starts unraveling. And that's this, the, the part of it that really catches your eye and makes it relatable because we all have been there. And so I'm talking to the author of the incredible book, The Other Black Girls, 
the other black girl, the New York Times bestseller, her name is Zakia. Before we wrap up, I mentioned her name early on, uh, Rashida Jones. Uh, and this, the book is being, um, is she going to star in the, or is she just going to take an executive producer role in the Hulu series that the book is being adapted for? Yeah, we're, we're still in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we are co-writing the pilot um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. episode of the Another Issa Rae. Are we talking about so another Issa Rae here? We, we have been, <laughs> you know, talking a lot mm-hmm. over the last year now, I guess. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, just about the shape, um, the outline, how the characters are going to be different right. in the show versus the, the book and, and what we do want to keep mm-hmm. because the conversations about blackness and diversity have changed just in the last year mm-hmm. right <laughs> so exploring that and how to make the show feel as relevant as it could be feeling at the time that's that's been really interesting and fun because again also we all have different ideas of just progress and the best way to convey those insecurities you mentioned, those anxieties and all of those things. Um, because I come from a very different background right. of working Rashida Jones does, but right. we have worked so well together and she's just wonderful and took me under her way. Right. That's been the most amazing part. I would tell you this to Zakia, you know, Yes, there have been a lot of outward changes, okay? Yeah. But it hasn't changed. Okay. So no. that's why your book was very relatable. So don't try to don't try to fit it in. Because you're oh, not no, no, no. Yeah. You're not gonna fit <laughs> it in. I think it's a- actually gotten more insidious. Right. This idea of um, you know, especially with the Twitter, the the performative aspect of what we saw last year right. and companies being like, Oh, yeah, we're more diverse now. I actually think it's gotten me even Maybe worse. That's maybe a little too small, but I don't know. <laughs> well, because it's a brilliant book. And uh, before I leave, I want to tease you about, you know, this old soul, this drifting inside your head, this introverted head here, you know, the Twilight Zone references. I'm going like, really? Really? Twilight Zone? Then she references uh, old music and all this stuff. Talk about you in general. So you, you seem so relatable. You seem like a genuine person that I could really continually talk to and laugh at. I can take you to a comedy club. I'm not asking you for a date. I'm just saying I can take you to a comedy club. I can take you to a jazz concert. I can take you to a Frankie Beverly and Mays concert. That type of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Look at that. And so I just feel that this book allows you to have those those levels and the credibility and writing it. So is, is that, was that tied to just your upbringing, your parents putting the music on? Talk about, you mentioned your Aunt Hazel, one of the characters is named after that. Talk about that and also telling writers how, like you said, read a lot, read a lot, read a lot. But it's also about sharing your honest story, lifestyle in this book, and it made it authentic, correct? Definitely. Well, the music thing absolutely comes from my parents. I grew up with so many kinds of music in the household, mostly, I mean, on my dad's side, I had Aretha Franklin, I had uh, Jerry Butler, yes. the Spinners, mm-hmm. all of the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, R&B and soul. Um, and my mom's side, I had um, the, a lot of Jackson 5 and a lot of um, different artists. I mean, Rod Stewart, too. Like, I also come from a very diverse music background as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun to play on and reference for people who would catch those references. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I think making sure when you are writing your 
story, just don't worry too much about what's coming down the line. I mean, of course you're going to, I know I did. And I was kind of, sometimes I'd fall into those holes of like, oh, well, if I keep it in the publishing world, you know, what's, what's, what are we going to say? Or, right. oh, if I, if I get too much into the kitchen of this black woman chair, like, but I was like, you know what? I need to just tell this story right. the way that is true for me. Right. And I think if you do that, it will ring true for readers. Yeah, learning how to braid on the U- via YouTube—that's authentic to me. I'm just going to let you know. I'm just—I yeah. read the book, my friend, and it's a brilliant book. Thank you for allowing me to come into your world, the other black girl, Sakia Delila Harris. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. You're fantastic. Oh, right back at you. This is so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> and tell your dad, you know, I, I got it going on. You know, I got it going on, okay? Again, I will. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. If you want to hear any of my interviews or see any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.